Parenting is hard. Few of us feel up to the task. The world is shifting, quickly and dramatically. All of us feel the changes affecting our families. The stress and pressure can be intense. We are here to help sort the good and the bad, provide insight and bring hope. Welcome to Brilliantly Brave Parenting. We're so glad you stopped by. Hi, and welcome to Brilliantly Brave Parenting. I am your co-host and um, pastor, Brad Mathias. Yes, you are. I'm Robert, and it's great to be with you this week. Uh, Brad, tell them what they've won. Oh, what they've won is an exciting 30-minute episode of Brilliantly Brave Parenting, brought to you by your friends at, Robert, where, where is it brought to us by? Um, Ducks Unlimited. Ducks Unlimited. Okay, so awesome. Brad, I have a random question for you. Uh, oh, a see, between... I did. Wait, I got a timeout. So last episode, I did a random sort of reveal. I asked Robert a personal question from a number of personal questions, and he picked number 14. And now he's about to ask me the same thing, and you're going to find out something about me. All right. So between 1 and 25. 11. 11. Here's your question. Uh, been anywhere recently for the first time? Yes. Yeah. Yes, I have. I went to Acadia National Park in Maine. Well, there you go. And uh, it was fantastic. What what did you like the most about it? Oh, my gosh. It was the Atlantic Ocean. It was like living in a Red Lobster commercial. That's what it was like. (laughs) Did they have those biscuits? They did. (laughs) Yes, everywhere. They fall from the sky like... Marshmallows. As fascinating as that is, Brad, I'm sure it's not why people tune in to listen to this episode. So, well, I do think they want to know that you and I have an interesting life and that we're real dads that that have real life. Fair enough. So, uh, my wife and I went to Maine. We had a wonderful time. It was in the fall. And uh, for those who know, we actually ended up moving there. That's pretty crazy. That's pretty crazy. And that's another episode. But what we have going on here is season five, Robert, and right. we are working our way through brilliantly brave parenting. God has blessed it. It's growing. We're getting some some really good feedback. And for the listeners who have just tuned in, we're trying to give parents perspective. We're trying to help parents and pastors who are working with their children in a culture that is post-Christian. That's true. Yeah. And we're, um, we're not doing that alone. We've got some amazing, fascinating guests, and today is... No, no exception. exception. Yeah. That's right. So there's a young lady that you and I have known now for several years. I think we met her at Awana. Mm-hmm. Is that right? She was 14 years old. Right? Like 14. Yeah. <laughs> She's 14 years old. Uh, no, Michaela is the uh, lady that we're talking about. And Michaela White is, you know, she's one of those ladies that, I don't know, she has instant sort of passion for ministry. And I remember I remember meeting her, I think it was like in the basement of Awana or something with Dan Lavalge. Like yeah. yeah. And they said, you've got to meet Michaela. We're like, I mean, like two or three people yeah. said that. You've the, got to meet Dave Michaela. Dave Bunker okay. said it. Dan said it. And then there was- Daniel. Yeah. And so we met her and I remember she had written like an entire curriculum for tweens. Yeah. Do you remember that? Yeah. When we were just getting started and it seemed like no one else was paying attention to it. Exactly. Yeah, so our sort of history goes back probably seven years. Yeah, probably. Six, six, seven years. So without too much further ado, Michaela, welcome to Brilliantly Brave Parenting. You are long overdue as a guest. (laughs) Thank you, guys. I'm excited to be here with you. Well, Michaela, you have been through a significant transition in the last couple of years. Uh, You originally came on board as a ministry director 
at INCM. Is that correct? That's correct. Yeah. Training director. Yeah. And over the last couple of years, your role has grown and grown and grown at that ministry until you are now the executive director. Is that correct? That is correct. That is correct. That is so awesome. (laughs) This is sounding like an interrogation. I know. Well, what I'm trying to do is bring some attention to the fact that uh, this young woman has quickly risen from being a part of a team to the leader of a team. And at the same time, she's raising a family. Mm. And so we want to introduce that to our audience as someone that uh, not only is a, a significant voice and influence on the education and development of our kids in the church today, but is also a mom like many of our listeners. That's right. So, Michaela, how, how do you juggle that? I mean, you've gone so quickly from you know from the offices at Awana and now to to leading one of the leading ministries to children's to children's ministers in the world in a very short amount of time, and had your own family. So, what is it that you do that that enables you to juggle both of those worlds? Hmm. Well, um, first, I wanted to share with you guys when um, I was getting ready for this today. I was sharing with our team as. Like, guys, I'm on this parenting uh, podcast with my friends, Brad and Robert, and I don't know why they asked me. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I've only been parenting for five years, and I don't have a PhD in this, but um, they were so encouraging. They were like, just share what God's done in your life and what he's done through your parenting. So I just want to say thanks for having me today. It's a real honor to sit with two of you who I feel like it would be much more productive to interview you guys about this than me. But um, I would say the first thing that has made such a difference in my life as a mom and as a leader has been my people having a village. Um, There is no possible way to be able to do ministry and to lead in ministry and have a family um, life that runs semi well without having people in your life that love you, love your kids, and are passionate, just as passionate about what God has called you to do. Um, I often tell our team and I tell our community um, when we are, you know, standing on stage at CPC saying all the thank yous that there's a long line of people behind each one of us that's empowering us to do what we're doing. So I would say that's the first thing that Mm. has made a huge difference in my life as a mom and a leader is having people around me that support what I do and love it just as much as I do to the point where they're willing to step in the gaps for our family. That's a really cool observation. Robert, I couldn't help but notice that she almost said the word old when she was describing it. Us? Did you see that? Yeah, you old people. She was like... Someone Definitely as young as yeah, not do that. She corrected, though. She, she sort of self-corrected, like, oh, savvy. my gosh, I'm about no me. <laughs> so no for our audience, they, you know, for those who aren't watching, you can tune into this show and watch it on YouTube on our channel. You'll see or what we're talking about. You can listen. But oh. Michaela's a little bit younger than Robert and I, um, maybe a couple decades younger. <laughs> um, and Robert and I are old. It's true, Robert. We're, we're it is there. true. It's very true. But I, I think what you said is so... Um, important in in the idea of not having to do this alone. I mean, it's a lot of times, especially, you know, I don't know. I, my observation is the the younger generations, they kind of don't want to reach out for help and they don't, they want to kind of prove that they can do this alone. And it sounds to me, the, the older you get, and us old folk can say this with a certain amount of certainty, mm-hmm. that 
it's really important to reach out and ask for people to help because, you know, we don't, we're not trying to prove anything to anybody as parents. Um, and there's a lot to learn from each other. And so I think there's real wisdom in what you said, being a, a, on the younger side of parenting, I think that that's a really important facet that you, that you pointed out. And I resonate with that too. Yeah. I'm going to go a step further and say, uh, make a point here that old people like you and I could benefit from the experiences of young parents. I agree with that. Yeah. I totally agree. I think there's a misnomer that you have to be old to be wise. And that's not really technically biblical. No. Um, you know, wisdom comes from obedience. So young men and women who are walking in obedience to Christ are going to mature rapidly spiritually. They may not get all the life experiences you and I have had, but they can have great insight and great wisdom. And so I, one of my pet peeves is when old folks blow off younger folks uh, because they're younger mm. and it's almost like age prejudice. I don't like that. Yeah. So Michaela, with that said, we want to hear your opinion. We want to know, what is it that that you are experiencing? You are on the very front edge. For those who aren't familiar with the International Network of Children's Ministry, it's one of the largest, if not the largest, independent children's ministry platforms out there. In the world, yeah. They have a, a fantastic resource in CPC, Children's Pastors Conference 2019. It's January in Orlando, and it is a place where thousands of pastors come from all over the world, really. To we've been going for we've been going like a ever. decade. Yeah, yeah. It's it's been fantastic for us, and also just as a way to experience what is the latest, what's really happening out there. You're seeing all this in real time. You're experiencing the latest curriculums, the latest VBS. You're seeing all of the stuff that people are using to engage a culture for Christ. What do you see for parents is the biggest challenge they're walking into right now? That you hear from your leaders. Yeah. What are you seeing? Yeah, absolutely. I think one of the things that's a challenge is that culturally, we have no point of reference right now um, in terms of growing up, having experienced some of the same things that we're engaging, that our kids are engaging right now. And I know that's true probably of every generation, but um, it's all happening so rapidly and our kids are exposed so early um, and so thoroughly um, that I think if we are not um, aware as parents of what exactly is coming at our kids and how and how quick, um, they're being taught by other voices before they're taught by us. And so one of the things that I see the church today really striving to do and coming alongside parents is encouraging conversations around um theology and around what the scripture has to say about what's happening in culture a lot earlier than maybe they were first expecting to. Um, And then I think the other uh, thing that our church leaders are constantly having to battle against is time. Today's family is so busy Mm. um, and prioritizing um, the things of the Lord, church, um, discipleship, that is um, that is something that they're always having to uh, battle against. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would say one of the things that encourages me is the heart of the children's ministry community, children's pastors, to come alongside those parents as their partners. Um, they're being more creative, more innovative, more um, kind and understanding than I think I've ever seen in the church. And I think that's something to celebrate. 
Yeah. yeah, I think that's <clears throat> I think that's awesome, and I think it's it's so important. That, uh, everything that you touched on there, I'm I'm curious because we've we've talked about this before, you know, um, both privately and and in you know breakouts and that kind of thing. But the idea that um, we have kind of as a church, or I'll talk about parents, gotten to a place where we live in this kind of well, we're going to go to the experts for advice and that kind of thing, and so we kind of we figure from a spiritual perspective, people in the church are the experts, so we're going to drop off our kids and expect the church to disciple our children. And as we've talked quite a bit, it's it's really the parents' job to disciple and the church's job to come alongside that. Um, and I know that you'll echo that. So can you talk about that for just a little bit? Because so many of us parents feel ill-equipped and not the experts, so to speak, in parenting our kids. How, what would you say to a parent that's feeling like that? Uh, I think we're experiencing a hard reality in the church today where it's going to require a degree of humility as a church to approach this. But the truth is, is that with millennials becoming parents, we truly do have a generation within our church that for the most part did not experience discipleship. Hmm. And um, they experienced programs, which programs aren't bad, but without the modeling of walking in the way of Jesus um, at home and being surrounded by a group of, of leaders that would invest in them and show them how they walk in the way of Jesus in real life, um, we have a generation of parents that need discipleship just as much as they need to be discipling their kids. Mm. And so um, I think that the tension the church is going to have to live in and that I see our children's ministry leaders living in is recognizing that in order for them to get to the little chair, accomplishing, seeing discipleship accomplished in the homes of the kids that they love and serve, it's going to require the whole church rallying around the discipleship of those parents um, so that they can learn and experience the way those parents can't give what they don't have. And I think that's, that's the reality of what we're facing today. Yeah. I like the way you said that addressing that issue with real humility. Um, I think uh, for Robert and I, we've, we've sort of been through the process in the last decade of working with iShine and the Twin Gospel Alliance, where we've helped to create or at least influence some of the resources that have been made. And that is exactly what we discovered in our work is that as we were trying to engage kids with apologetics, um, we we actually had to write our programs for the parents yes. because this, the, the issues were the same. And, mm-hmm. and so there had never been an actual sort of foundation laid in the lives of a lot of parents. Mm-hmm. And so when uh, they got into sort of the storms of life, if you will, or the struggles of life, they really got confused and angry and sort of frustrated with their faith because it wasn't making sense to them. Yes. Yeah. Have you found that to be true? Absolutely. Absolutely. I think things like biblical literacy, a high regard for scripture, um, apologetics, like you've mentioned, those were all um, things that, and and again, um, when we're talking about millennials, generally, I'm not saying that this ha- happened for every single millennial, but for the wider church, it seems to be what we're experiencing is a generation that did not get that rich depth of teaching and discipleship. And, um, and now as we see them raising kids, they thankfully have a strong desire to see their kids 
know and love and serve Jesus, but it's with that tension of of also feeling very insecure in their ability to disciple and also insecure in their relationship with the church. So those two things together, um, even with the best intentions, make it quite hard for them to be able to achieve what they say they want, which is to raise kids to know and love and serve Jesus. So I think as a church, it's on us to come around them and, again, approach with humility and understand that um, they have questions. They need to have the freedom to talk through those questions. Um, They need teaching. They need resourcing. And they need relationships. Um, And that is going to make an incredible difference for those kids. But it takes time and it takes relational investment um, from leaders and from the church. And I think that's something that once we understand that, if we're willing to give it, it's going to make a huge difference in the discipleship of this generation. Um, but it's not a plug and play thing. It's It takes time and walking with people. Um, and I think that's what's, that's what's ahead of us for the discipleship of this next generation is being willing to walk and give the time and the investment. And it's not all going to be uh, a program we can plug in and press play. It's interesting. It sounds like you're saying that the parents need parenting. They do. Yeah. They really do. Okay. So yeah. INCM serving the the church globally, you know, the 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 body of Christ as a as a multi-denominational entity. How do the what are you guys doing or what what's available if a, a parent or a pastor is listening and they're like, you know what, this totally resonates. I hear you. I'm experiencing the same thing. How do you engage this without offending people? I mean, what can you do? Yeah. Well, I think, you know, our heart is to come alongside the children's ministry leader as they, you know, uh, are following what God has put in their hearts to do, which is to disciple kids and families. And so we come alongside them by equipping them, providing them with what they need, um, inspiring them because they need they need pastoring, they need discipleship as well, um, and connecting them to the resources that they need. We do that through a lot of different ways, but for the person listening today, um, you know, I would encourage them whether, you know, if it's a parent or if it's a maybe someone who works with children and families um, to connect with us on our Facebook pages and on our website, and we'll keep them posted on what we're doing. But Children's Pastors Conference happens every January. I believe when the podcast drops, it's actually going to be happening the next week. Um, but that's where we gather a couple thousand children's ministry leaders and we talk about this. Um, we encourage each other with um, the truth and with ideas and um, and training that we need to be able to go further in the discipleship of kids and families. And I think there's something really powerful about being in the same room and realizing what's common. Um, that's that what's happening in my community isn't just an isolated occurrence. And and there's something that happens when we look in each other's eyes and realize that that's true and then begin pointing each other to hope and begin mm-hmm. pointing each other to what the best next faithful step is in that. Um, because we see too many leaders taken out of the game or just give up on what's happening in the church today. Um, that, and I think that that's um, 
that's one of the things that we are we stand in the gap for is to remind each other no we can keep going no the lord is going to be faithful in this it's it looks really hard right now but nothing's going to stop the gospel so keep going guys i think it's um, awesome and, yeah. i'm sorry i didn't mean to interrupt you no you can finish no. Um, well, I, I was just—it's it, got to be really interesting being in your position, Michaela, because you, you're seeing and you're gathering, and, and you're you're eavesdropping on all these different aspects about you know how leaders are in, are um, intersecting children, children's lives, and their parents, and so it kind of helps you become more of an, of an expert on the global situation and what's going on. What has surprised you personally in your walk of parenting your kids? that like has not caught you off guard, but just like, Oh my goodness, this is a, this is a bigger deal. What, what, what are you surprised with since it's not just academic to you now it's personal. Um, I think it's how personal Matthew 18 has become to me. Um, just there were a lot of times in Jesus ministry on earth where he spoke in story and in parable, but Matthew 18 was so direct in what he believed about children in the kingdom. Mm. Um, he didn't leave any question about, um, about what he felt if someone got in the way of a child coming to know him. Mm. And as a parent looking at my two sons, and I learned so much about faith and about wonder and about loyalty and peacemaking and strength <laughs> and joy um, just by watching them live. It, um, it has also just given me perspective on what kids can actually grasp about God. And when he said that you have to become like a little child, I think for the first time as a parent is when I actually understood what he was trying to say there. Hmm. Um, I think there's some things as adults that we forget as we grow and being around children reminds you more of what the kingdom actually looks like. So I say, if you want to know what the kingdom looks like, just spend some time in a room of kids. It's a lot better of a picture (laughs) than anything else. That's great. That's beautiful. Yeah, as I'm listening, I'm thinking about um, how helpful it is that as an executive director, you have children and mm-hmm. that you are walking through the same things that the people who attend and in participate. Real time. Yeah, you're in real time. Mm-hmm. And um, I want that to be really clear to our audience, Robert, is that, you know, Michaela is an executive director of arguably one of the largest Christian ministries in the world, but she's also a mom with two little boys. Yeah. And so the, the issues that all moms wrestle with, she can be familiar with. And if you noticed last year at CPC, it was different. You could feel her touch on that event. Mm-hmm. Definitely, it was much different than it had been in the past. And so I want to encourage you that that's a really good thing, Michaela. And I think the women uh, and moms and pastors that are involved are, are significantly encouraged by what you're doing at INCM. And and really, if you think about it, whether we like it or not, moms have taken the primary role of being spiritual leaders in their homes. Hmm. And, uh, you know, as I think about that, as I w- work with that, and I, as a pastor, I see mostly moms who come to church. Dads are sort of slower to get there. And moms have a deeper sensitivity 
with their children, they have this stronger emotional bond, unless it's a solo parent situation like you, Robert, where you filled in both roles. And so I want to encourage you, Michaela, that not only uh, have you done something really cool with CPC and really changed the way that it looks and feels to be more feminine, but that's a good thing because I see uh, the significant role of educating our youth in churches has been women. Nurturing. And and nurturing, yeah. Mm -hmm. And so this idea of dad stepping into this role, I want to encourage, but I also have to be realistic and say that's just not happened in the last 20 years as much as maybe as it should have. Um, So as we go forward and as we sort of talk with our guests about these issues and the generation before us, the generation that we're in and the generation to come, I would encourage to cast vision that uh, dads need to step up a little bit and uh, really step in there with their wives and take that role of being uh, a spiritual leader in the home. And Mm -hmm. so at the same time, there's this real need for women to really mentor women. And so I want to encourage you in that, Michaela. I think that's a really good thing that you're doing. Yeah, it it definitely takes all of us. Um, And I'm I'm so grateful for our community. It does look, you know, 80, the stats come back about 80% are women, 20% are men. Um, And as much as we recognize that and are grateful for the 80% of the women that are standing in the gap there, we, we would love to see more men stepping up into children's ministry leadership. And I think a piece of that is as a church recognizing that um, children's ministry leadership isn't a junior form of leadership. Yeah, um, right. I'm glad you said and that. And it's, it's not a stepping stone and it's not a level Um, In fact, I would argue that it's one of the most futuristic strategic ministries of the church. And um, you should be really concerned about who's in that leadership position in your church, um, because they're going to show you what your church is going to look like in 30 years. Amen. So um, I think that that's just something that we're really passionate about as well as an organization is um, speaking to the validity of and the importance of this role um, and just calling up more leadership to it. Yeah. So translated guys, step up. Yeah. It's time to step up. <laughs> well, Michaela. But I agree with you. I, let me just emphasize, because we could open a whole nother can of worms with what you just said, Michaela, about, <laughs> no, 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 about um, stepping. This is the, this is the front lines of winning. It is. The yeah. battle you know, of these homes is children's ministry. And you know, we've talked about that extensively, how important that is. It's not just relegated to occupying time or entertaining our children while the while the parents learn or it's it could not be more important. And for that we we love what you're doing and we applaud and respect so much what the impact that you're that you've had and are continuing to make on the children's ministry of, of today. Thank you. Absolutely. And uh, for our listeners, just to recap, we've been speaking with Michaela White. She's the executive director of INCM. She's a mom of two, and she is going to be in Orlando, Florida, the January 15th, 16th, 17th, something like that. Mm-hmm. You got it. 2019 at the Royal Carib uh, Convention Center there in Orlando, Florida at the Children's Pastors Conference 2019. So if you're in the South, if you're anywhere near Florida, you have a great excuse to go and to participate, and to come and find out some of the great speakers. Tell us some of the people you're going to have there. 
We are going to have um, our good friend Bob Goff is coming back and Annie F. Downs, um, who we're so excited to introduce to our community, mm. uh, Robert Madu uh, as well, who's an incredible uh, evangelist, and Leo Ayala from Puerto Rico, um, Lisa Harper, Sharon Hottie Miller, and Beth Guckenberger, just a few, and over 90 breakout speakers as well. I won't list all of their names. (laughs) (laughs) That's so amazing. It's such a good time. We look forward to it every year. Yeah. And so just for our listeners, uh, we're going to have our podcast studio set up in our booth this year and uh, look for us there. We'll be running around the floor as well. Michaela will not be available for much conversation because she'll be running uh, an entire team of people for three days. So uh, send her an email. All right. (laughs) Thanks so much, Michaela. God bless you. And uh, thanks for being a part of Brilliantly Brave Parenting. Thank you, guys. Appreciate you. iShine is a faith-based ministry and media company that looks and feels a lot like a Christian version of Disney. iShine is more than entertainment. We're the producer of the largest Christian tween TV series in the world, a nationally syndicated radio show, a Nashville-based record label, host to multiple live tours and summer festivals, an interactive website and social media, and a provider of printed and digital devotionals, preteen Bibles, and church curriculums. But more than anything, we're a trusted Christian resource for parents and pastors. You can turn to us for all things Check us out at iShineLive.com. Well, Robert, it was great to catch up with our friend, Michaela. Always. She's so impressive. Like, you know, ever since we met her, everyone said, you got to meet Michaela, you got to meet Michaela. And we met Michaela, and I feel that way. Like, you got to meet Michaela. She's just, she's got so much energy and and just is so insightful for her age. And I think more, more more than anything else, she's just... She does the work. Like she's I was gonna not say, afraid to just... she she's one of those people that you know is prepared. Oh like, my goodness. She yeah. was sitting there, she looked nice, everything for the camera, but I guarantee you she prepped for that. Right. That interview. Everything that she does. And yeah. we we did an event with her with Tween Gospel Alliance called Shift with Francis Chan and George Barna, and that turned into um that what was it called? Bridge. Bridge. Yeah. yeah. And I remember the first time she said, We want to pick your brain. And we want to kind of get some insight into what you think tweens need. And she just sat on a Skype session just like this and just fired questions away. And, you know, she's 20 years younger than us. But she was like, so I want to be on this. I want to get these things right. And I've always been impressed with her ambition in that area, how she just really digs in. Well, and I, you know, I just, there's a certain amount of um, passion that's required. Absolutely. Work with this issue. Absolutely. Because it is really discouraging at times. Well, and I think it's what she said, you know, a lot of times we relegate the children's ministry as like, that's just kind of the scraps, but this, she just has raised the level of what they do in children's ministry to, no, this is, this is so important, if not the most important thing we could do as a church. Yeah. I remember, I was really serious. I remember going to Orlando. We've been to CPC, I think 10 times, 10 or 11 times. And the last one where she stepped up as the executive director I mean, it felt so different. Like it mm-hmm. definitely had that nurturing quality to it, and and there was definitely a a, a much more focused approach for uh, moms in particular that were working with their kids. And so, as I looked around the room and I saw the response, I could tell that the board had chosen wisely in mm-hmm. in putting her in that place because she really does understand 
what moms and and ministry volunteers, a lot of times in children's yep. ministry, these aren't paid pastors. These are moms who stepped up and said, I care. Mm-hmm. I'm willing to commit 20 hours a week or 15 hours a week to really make sure that our church has a great children's uh, ministry. Yeah. So she's working with people that, that she understands and can connect with. And so if you're a mom out there and and you've never heard of INCM or Children's Pastors Conference. You don't have to be a pastor to go. I should have all kinds of resources out. you can yeah. dig into. And we've gone as I Shine and Twin Gospel Alliance. This year we're going as the podcast. I mean, we're we're promoting this podcast at that event. We believe in it enough to to pay to be a an exhibitor. So you know, I think it's it's part of the battle, right? Is to let parents and pastors know there are other people who are doing excellent work to equip and resource the church. Uh, There are opportunities out there for parents who are concerned, for pastors who are concerned, to find really good resources. Mm -hmm. Not just stuff to sort of fill in the time, but actually really good stuff that could make a huge difference in their church. So true. So true. We look forward to it every year. And I love the fact that you know, and I know we got to wrap, but I got to say that you know, her real time parenting, I think, is it's, it gives her incredible insight because she hears from pastors, children's pastors, and she's a mom herself, and hears from other mothers. So, um, stay tuned and, and plug into what they're doing at INCM because I think it's a very, very unique outlook on not only what pastors should do, but just the things that parents need to be looking for as well. Yeah, and I I also think just <clears throat> she's very aware of the need to create community. So, yeah. you know, it's not just one event in January and that's kind of it for the year, but there's a really good online education program that they do that's really inexpensive or free, I yeah. think, um, where people can get trained on how to reach different age groups and different topics and and just become more knowledgeable about what's happening in the culture. And she's got really good people. I mean, Bob Goff is a serious speaker. Amazing. I mean, that, that's, that's worth going to CPC by itself. But just the fact that they really work hard to get really good people. Mm-hmm. And and they're not just sort of uh, inwardly focused. They're really right. looking at the culture. I so agree. can't say enough about INCM. We've been partners with them for a long time. We did not get paid to do this show. We are not uh, sponsored by them. I just want to give that disclaimer. We just believe in what they're doing. So true. All right, Robert. So uh, here we are. We're marching into season five. Uh, Michaela has been so kind to be a part of this show. And we're going to be doing episodes now. There's 15 episodes in, in this season. So we're going to be on the air until March, um, talking about different stuff with different people. And uh, the next visit is going to be a gentleman by the name of Greg Steer. He's the CEO and founder of Dare to Share. So you'll have to tune in next week about that. He's a very interesting guy doing a lot of big things for the kingdom of God. You're going to want to listen. We'll see you here next week. Thanks. Be encouraged, parents, you are not alone. In Paul's letter to his son in the faith, Timothy, he writes, But I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed, and I am convinced that he is able to guard until that day what has been entrusted to me. Brilliantly Brave Parenting wants to be an encouragement and support that parents can rely on. Would you consider liking us and sharing us with a friend? As a part of the Tween Gospel Alliance, we are a nonprofit organization dependent on the support of friends like you. Thanks for stopping by. We'll be right here next week.
What our kids believe is going to define them for a lifetime. According to George Barna, by the age of 13, what a kid believes is what he'll die believing. For parents and for pastors, that's a frightening experience, especially if you've got an 11 or 12 year old. At the iShine Ministries headquarters, this became a huge priority in the last year. We partnered with the Tween Gospel Alliance to bring you a brand new resource known as the Shock and Awe Study Guide. And I'm here with one of the co-founders of this entire program, Robert Beeson. Can you tell us what is the Shock and Awe Study Guide? It is awesome. More than that? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> The Shock and Awe Study Guide is a super cool thing that either a parent can do with their kid or a youth pastor can do with their students or a children's pastor can do with their students. And here's the cool thing about it. It is apologetics for kids. Wow. So it's the really huge evidence and thoughts of apologetics wrapped in a way that is really tangible and simple for kids to understand, answering four primary questions. And they are, what if there's a God? What if the Bible is true? What if Jesus is who he said he was? And what if I'm part of that plan? And we believe if you can answer those four questions and you are drawn through evidence proving those four questions, that really it's gonna, it's gonna establish a pretty unshakable foundation of faith. That sounds very helpful, especially if you're a parent or pastor and you're concerned about the condition of your child's faith, what they believe, what the voices of culture are telling them. If that's you and you're interested, go to iShineLive.com and check out in our web store, the Shock and Awe Study Guide. It has a digital cloud video base. So it's four studies in a small paperback volume for $9 and it has four videos that go with four studies. It can be done in a weekend, it can be done over a month, or it can be done bi-monthly, however you need it. It is a fantastic resource that I have used as a pastor in my own home church, and I have been impressed. So, check it out. Check it out.